Hi, and welcome to the ABG Podcast. I'm curator Sam Burnham, and we're here this week to discuss Georgia's energy future, and I hope you're going to enjoy what we have to offer. Among other things, we have a special guest this week. Commissioner Tim Eccles of the Georgia Public Service Commission is going to come by and discuss with us some ideas about Georgia's energy future, as well as something a little bit more close to home, just over the state line that's currently going in, and it's going to possibly play a role in the Trump-Putin summit that comes up this week. So we hope that uh, you're going to enjoy what we have to offer this week. I'd like to start out this episode by thanking our sponsor, Broad Street Guitars. Broad Street Guitars is a step-up guitar shop in Rome, Georgia, that on Broad Street. They feature new and used string instruments and accessories. Whether you're a seasoned pro or an enthusiastic beginner, Broad Street Guitars is sure to have the instrument or accessories that you need. And if you get a chance to stop by there, tell Shane West that we said hi. That was him you heard on our intro, as always, with his song, Georgia Moon. And we appreciate him letting letting us use his song for our theme, as well as for our uh, transition music throughout our podcast episode. So if you're down there, tell Shane we said hey. Georgia Public Service Commission might be one of the least understood parts of the state government. You see the candidates for that post on your ballot in November, but have you ever taken the time to really find out what they do? What started in 1879 as the Railroad Commission of Georgia became the Georgia Public Service Commission in 1922. They started out regulating the transportation rates for railroad passengers and freight. Now the five-member commission is responsible for setting rates and consumer protection for electric, natural gas, and telecom providers. Tim Eccles is one of the five elected commissioners. Among his many gifts and virtues, he is a tireless advocate for Georgia's energy future. While he is committed to clean energy, he remains a realist, knowing that the transition is imminent but not immediate. I invited him on the podcast to address topics relating to Georgia's energy future, and I am delighted he has agreed to join us. And we're here with Commissioner Tim Eccles of the Georgia Public Service Commission, and I'd love to thank you for joining us this morning. Well, it's great. It's an important topic uh, as we talk about Georgia's energy future, and uh, there's just uh, a lot at stake for economic development and a lot of other things. Yes, yes. I'd like to start out. I really enjoyed your article in uh, in the Washington Times about the plutonium plant that's going in across the state line there, and uh, and the future that it could hold for uh, for energy uh, as well as security. Yeah, a lot of folks aren't even aware that the Savannah River site exists. It's 110 square miles, and it's you know it's. Uh, been there for quite a while. At one time, there were five nuclear reactors there. It's directly across the river from the Savannah River site. There's a lot of Georgia folks that work over there. It's a very secure facility. They spend about $80 million on security for the facility alone per year. But this uh, plutonium 
disposal facility has been uh, under construction as a part of the deal that we made with Russia. And the reason the Washington Times ran my article is is because uh, obviously uh, President Trump is meeting with Mr. Putin Monday, and Russia was under obligation to dispose of a certain amount of plutonium. We were under the obligation to do the same, and we've been dragging our feet on our project. And uh, in, in, uh, I think worst-case scenario, Russia says, well, if you're not going to dispose of yours, we're not going to dispose of ours. And in, in, in my humble opinion, that you know puts our country at more of a national security risk if Russia's got a lot of rogue weapons sitting around it and stored at various facilities. Those facilities could be broken into, they could be stolen, they could be sold. Who knows, you know, what will happen to Russia's political situation in the future. I just think it's uh, in our best interest to be able to see those uh, those weapons uh, turned into something else. And in their case, they were going to burn them in a fast reactor. Okay, and, and in our case, we were talking about uh, possibly turning them into power plant fuel that could even be used at, at Plant Vogel or at, uh, at Plant Hatch here in Georgia. Yeah, that's right. So instead of just just uh, burning the fuel, uh, just to be, you know, getting rid of it like you would garbage, we would actually be transforming the, that plutonium into uh, a reactor fuel. I don't think we would use it at Plant Hatch because uh, I think Plant Hatch, due to the, the, the river level there, I think we will, uh, after Plant Hatch finishes up with its uh, license period, I think we will close Plant Hatch. But um, not that we might not could put small modular reactors there or something else that use less water, but certainly Plant Vogel, which will be the largest power plant in North America when we're done, uh, uh, those new units, those Generation 3 reactors we're building, they they very could easily be retrofitted uh, to burn uh, that fuel, which the DOE says is going to be free. So the DOE says when they complete those fuel rods that they will give them to power plants. We'll see if they follow through on that. Oh wow, that could be a, a great savings for a, for energy customers. Maybe that's even right. in Georgia. That's that's, that's great right. news. Okay, and and I know there's a lot of people stirred up about Vogel and they're they're upset about the about the expansion. But you've done a lot of homework on this, and you've even been abroad to to see how that's being implemented elsewhere. So you you think this is a good idea? Well, I think you look. You don't have to look any further than the VC summer plant in South Carolina to see what uh, what contentiousness is going on over there in state government in South Carolina. You know, uh, you know the the project had the ability to almost bring SCANA down. Uh, you know, you've got Moody's downgrading the state and uh, in uh, of South Carolina, uh, and I, I think as commissioners we looked over across uh, across the. The river, our states are very similar in in in, in politics and economics and manufacturing. We looked over there and felt like, man, this was a this was a, a bad move. And even though we're over budget on Vogel and they were over budget on Summer, I think the only worse thing than being over budget is canceling the project and not giving people anything for their money. And I think people in South Carolina resented that. I think elected officials who had gone to bat for the project resented that. And uh, we did have the, you know, we did have the ability to look and see what a mistake it was to cancel. And I think that really emboldened our commission to, you know, do what we could to finish it, you know, uh, 
imposing some penalties uh, on Georgia Power, also giving them some incentives to finish it on time. That's a, that's a good move. Now, um, I also wanted to touch on a little bit some of the, the other sources that we've been able to pull from energy. Uh, solar is gaining a lot of ground right now, and I know that we don't have the major solar generating plants, but we do see a lot of smaller plants going in, and, and my understanding is that Georgia Power is already discussing uh, adding in some solar panels to plants that they've closed, such as uh, or or will soon close, uh, like Plant Hammond, and uh, and possibly uh, the plant Plant Branch in Eatonton. Is that, is that yeah, correct? Plant Branch is 2,200 acres, and of course they've leveled all the buildings there. It was a very old coal plant. I actually wanted to keep the thing going and spend a billion dollars, but. Uh, my fellow commissioners outvoted me four to one on that. I just felt like it, it was such an important part of the Putnam Baldwin County, uh, uh, you know, life that it needed to stay. And even though it was a little more expensive to to retrofit that plant with uh, the needed pollution controls, um, I wanted to do it. However, the switch, the switch gear, the big lines, they're all still there. So there, there's really no reason that we couldn't go in. In 2019, in the integrated resource plan, and improve uh, a mammoth amount of solar there, uh, having all of that uh, that uh, connection equipment already there. I think that you know that that lowers your your cost. Not to mention the fact that Georgia Power already owns the land, that the land's in their rate base. So you probably wind up with a 25% savings by the time you factor all of that in. So it is my hope that we're going to utilize these former plants and be able to do something like that. We're also looking at a, a coal ash mitigation facility there where you would uh, take that, uh, pull up that legacy coal ash and, uh, and treat it and get it ready for the concrete uh, business, uh, you know, through a private company. So I think there's several options for those, for those sites. That's really great, and I loved your uh, your Facebook video that you did from West Point with the uh, charging stations that are solar powered there at our rest area for solar uh, for electric cars. Yeah, I've had three electric cars. I've had a good experience with them in our family. I have seven children, four four girls, and my girls especially love the electric cars. My boys not so much. They like noise, so they they prefer loud cars. But um, <laughs> But my daughters have loved the cars, loved the idea of really being able to just charge in the garage. Uh, and then we, you know, we'll use another car when we have to go on a trip or whatever. Um, so they're a great commuter option. And for millennials out there just getting out of college, uh, these used Nissan Leafs, you can buy them for nine or $10,000. And, and it really, uh, it really uh, is low operation cost. There's no radiator. There's no oil. There's no transmission. And uh, literally, for for the time I owned those cars, the only thing I did to them was put windshield washer fluid in and rotate the tires. That's that's a uh, you get a lot of savings when you when you start talking about that. Yeah, especially keep up with those combustion engines. That, that's right. Uh, there's a lot of parts, and these cars have way less parts, and uh, not to mention the fuel cost and. Uh, you know, of being able to charge at home uh, is, uh, is is very very low. It takes you down to about fifty cent a gallon, and uh, equivalent. So it's uh, it really is uh, a cheap 
a, a cheap way to go, and there's a lot of those used cars out there on the market. So the with with solar panels, and I noticed that in that that situation with the charging station there, that they were able to include those in the in the pavement in the parking lot area, and uh, that, that makes me think these panels are pretty resilient as far as being able to take a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, that, those panels uh, were made in France. I was over touring their manufacturing facility in Normandy, and they're really uh, those solar cells are just uh, put onto fiberglass, and that fiberglass is laid flat onto uh, the pavement, and they have this special adhesive surface that they put over it. Uh, of course, they trench out a little bit uh, because they've got the wiring and stuff below it. Uh, that you know that was called Wattway. Uh, is still in the works in terms of getting it, getting the cost down. I, and, and frankly, I drove a car on that stuff in France, and it's too loud. I don't think Georgia drivers would tolerate driving on the stuff. I really, I really see it more of a of a, a walking path thing, or a a, a, a right away thing, or something with low speed, because it's just uh, it's just way too loud to drive on. Uh, and so I don't really see that as a, you know, as really being cost effective. I, I like the way our commission has done solar. That is, go to Middle Georgia, go to South Georgia, cheap land, flat land, put panels up on 500,000 in Twix County. We're going to have a 2,000 acres solar array. Uh, it'll be the biggest in the state, uh, and that's when you can get the solar down around three and a half cents per kilowatt that's actually cheaper than coal uh so i think um we've gone a different route than arizona and, and hawaii and california we haven't done it on every roof we've done it in south georgia communities frankly where they needed the economic development and that's why it's been such a win-win for our state you've got businesses leaving albany or leaving macon and you come in and you plop in a, a mammoth solar array Great, you know, a job market for the installation, and then green energy uh, for the uh, for the region after us in. And solar is a much better power option for Georgia than wind. Yeah, unfortunately, wind's just not going to work for us. I mean, I, I had put in a, a wind demonstration project into our uh, 2016 integrated resource plan, and and. We went down to the coast with four different size wind turbines, and uh, and the foundation on this required about a 15 foot hole, you know, with you know concrete reinforced, you know, to be able to put the base mat on top of that. And what we found in in drilling that out is that we couldn't make it stable enough. That the vibration from that wind turbine uh, it can't. It, it can't have any vibration. You've got to. It's got to be. It's got to be very firm and tight. And we uh, we we tried this on Skidaway Island, and it and it it's not going to work uh, in in our sandy soil down there. So uh, unless we go offshore with it, off say Tybee Island or that area, which is just way too expensive now to do, I just don't. I, I just really don't see wind uh, being indigenous in Georgia. Well, that, that's uh, we got lots of sunshine, so we'll go with that. <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely the way for us to go. We got a lot of extra land, cheap land, and it's a win-win for communities 
developers, landowners, uh, and the grid. Well, I certainly appreciate you uh, sharing some time with us this morning and uh, letting us know what's going on in Georgia's energy future. Appreciate your time. Love to have folks follow me on Twitter at Tim Eccles or Facebook, Tim G. Eccles. And I'm on all the social media platforms, and uh, my website's timeccles.com. Sounds great. Uh, Commissioner Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commission, thank you for your morning. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I talk a lot about my dream of seeing the ailing and abandoned small towns across Georgia come back to life. I think sustainable energy could help make that happen, attracting jobs and a new generation of workers and residents could depend on clean, local energy. We've already seen this implemented in Plains, where Jimmy Carter grew up, a small town in southwest Georgia who now gets about half their power from solar panels. Hopefully there's more in store for our small towns. One thing they have plenty of is sun, and if the sun can fuel their future, that future is definitely bright. I'd like to take a minute to once again thank Commissioner Tim Eccles for joining us for today's episode and discussing Georgia's energy future with us. But I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank you for tuning in and listening to what we have to say. I know we have a lot of readers who have begun to follow us and regularly listen to the podcast, and I know that we're still learning how all this works, how the equipment works, and how to make this sound great, and how to to put out a good product. And I'm thankful that you've chosen to take a few minutes out of your time to join us for our podcast. The ABG podcast is in its early stages, and it's growing, and we're learning more and more how to make this a good quality product for the people who want to enjoy it. And I want to express my sincere thanks for having you as a listener. And I appreciate you stopping by and sharing this time with us. That's going to do it for this episode of the ABG Podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in and hearing what we have to say on the matter of Georgia's energy future. And I hope you'll consider what you've heard here as you continue to make decisions that will change Georgia's future as a voter and as a responsible citizen of our state and of the South. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Hey, we'll be homeward bound. I want to see.